It's the Daily Talk Show, episode 860. What is happening, Gronks? What is going on? Happy Tuesday. Uh, thank you, TJ. Uh, you were just saying that you enjoyed some porridge. Is that what you had? Yeah, yeah. Got up early, you know, took Bodie to the cafe. Mm-hmm. Oh, mate, those uh, ushies are back. Consumerism at its finest. I saw on an article on news.com.au that it was saying ushies were gone. Oh, like these nah, are the Disney Disney ushies or something. It's got you at a head a headline level. Oh, mm-hmm. speaking of, I just got a kiss from Bodie. Let's okay. show him your ushies. Come on, Let's there we go. You. He's got a handful. Oh, great! A handful of ushies. They're Disney characters. So no, no, no. <laughs> Here's me reading that, going a little bit beyond the headline, mm-hmm. only because I've got a son that's interested in them. Otherwise, I wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. It's something about like claiming them online that they've removed. Uh, okay. In the other states, it seems like Toy they've done Story and stuff. Like there, there looks like there's some cool characters. Uh, Avengers, mm-hmm. you like um, Captain America. There's a guy from Up. What else is there? There's um, Star Wars. What do you have to you do know, to get them? So for people who aren't familiar with Ushis, how do you describe them? Or Ushis, or however you pronounce it? They're little bits of blub, and um, sorry, it's just going mad here. Hang on a second. He's fucking, shut the fuck up. <laughs> How'd you go? <laughs> wasn't far off. <laughs> I literally thought I was hearing myself as I was saying it. <laughs> I don't know, did it work though? Uh, no, I said, <laughs> do you want to know what I said? I've yeah. muted myself. Amy, seriously. I'm doing, <laughs> no one I'm doing the show. seriously around there, do they? Seriously, I'm doing, doing the show right now. Um, yeah, Ushis are little blob-like things. They look like little... It's almost like if a kid had an attempt at a plastic mould toy mm-hmm. and you poured in some si- like little silicon into something and then you pop out this toy. They are cool, though. How but, do you get access um, to them? So, you have to spend like 30 bucks or something <laughs> yeah. or what's the deal? Exactly. It's just spend money to get these little things. They're How high-priced toys. You know? I think it's... It could be $30 and over $30 and you get one. Mm-hmm. Um, or they might have limited it. So, this is where I'm just... So, okay. Now, that couldn't be right. I spent 60 bucks the other night. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry. $50. Yeah, I reckon it's 30 because I spent 50 and I got one. Okay. I reckon if I spent another 10, I would have got two. Sure. And so, here's the thing though. When you're young Bodhi, he's, he's, he's a chip off the old block. He's um, spoken to the bloke at the cafe shop and said, mm-hmm. can you get me some of these? <laughs> I said that <laughs> yesterday. Said that yesterday. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, okay. He loves Bodie. And then rock up this morning and he said, Bodie, I've got a present. And he had three, two out of packet and one in packet. And you should have seen this kid. He lost it. So excited. And so, so the the coffee shop guy is his dealer. Mm -hmm. He's um he's getting emotions and he got them off a person that came to his coffee shop. Oh really? And said I don't I don't collect these. Does anyone mm-hmm. in your family? And and he said, Bodie, Bodie does. Bodie does. <laughs> It'd be good to um. I mean, you could start a bit of a scheme for anyone that doesn't have kids. Oh, send them to PO uh, Box four hundred Abbotsford Victoria three zero six seven. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. If you've got some mm-hmm. PO Box four hundred mm-hmm. Abbotsford. Abbotsford. Victoria, 3067. Yeah, and, yeah. Can, and they go to Bodhi. They go, yeah, they're going to get they put in Bodhi's mm-hmm. room. I'll check That's to make sure nice. that they're, um, they're not limited edition. <laughs> and then. What about um, just oversending stuff in the mail? Did you see that um, uh, Trump 
had a parcel or a letter sent to him that had ricin in it. What's ricin? Ricin is this toxic, lethal agent. Really? But it actually comes from beans. It comes from canola beans. Mm. Does this make you fart? Is it like the uh, black <laughs> beans? Ricin is a lectin and highly potent toxin produced in the seeds of, sorry, castor oil plant. Okay. Ricin communis. And most people would know ricin from um, Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Breaking Bad, the is that how TV they make series. Ice? No, 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 no. But someone poisoned somebody with ricin okay. in that show. And so, I had no idea. But when I heard that, I was like, wow. And so, the the thing is, it can form naturally. But for it to be in a, you know, the powder form in an envelope, it means that they will say, I, just from what I read, it had mm-hmm. to have been made with the intention of doing that. Okay. And so, I mean, this is where, if they can't find the person that sent that, I mean, Did snail mail. Did it get mail to Trump is, or no? It, it, like, no, no, no. It, okay. got f- it got flagged by the FBI, mm-hmm. which- How much mail is Trump actually opening? Oh, dude. Surely not much, it, if well, any. The, you know the Queen still has to sign stuff? She Like, she spends signing stuff. The Queen, yeah, has a period of time where she goes through and signs things. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she has to sign off on stuff. It's bizarre. I mean, America, yeah, you've got to think that they're still doing checks in the mail. Like, you're, yeah. you're actually getting your paycheck mm-hmm. in the mail. It's, um, yeah, I mean, this stuff is changing very quickly. I was chatting to a lady at the park yesterday, and um, she was a nurse. She was a nurse, still mm-hmm. is a nurse, but hasn't worked since the start of the pandemic. And um, and is going to go back, but she where she worked, she said that the ward has been turned into a COVID ward. And um, she was saying that since they've overhauled all their computer systems, like it's forced people to go hard. As in from a security perspective? Oh, no, no. Just from processes and and all the systems that they they Mm -hmm. use. Which, I mean, there's a lot of this going to happen. You're starting to realise it's a bit outdated. I guess it's like the working from home thing for the businesses that weren't equipped you're you in trouble learn pretty quick yeah 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 i mean i'm loving all of the um you know we've got project management tools or like we've got so many fucking tools going at the moment yeah but i'm loving how it. do you how do you make a tool stick so it could be mm-hmm. i don't know layman's like i think we're probably trying to use some of the more expensive tools out there but like even what are the basic ones that most people would use say like notes or say like any kind of note-taking system. How do you make these things stick, do you think? Well, I think like there's a difference between the personal thing of like me doing something in drafts and then getting everyone on a team to use something. So, for instance, like a Trello or if someone's using Trello like as a business, I think like it comes down to the mm. actual use of it. Like everything needs to go into it and I think that it needs yeah. – and everyone needs to. It can't be just like part yeah. of the team – Every single person needs to be doing all of their work, like interfacing through that. Yeah, I mean, I've had some conversations with people that aren't probably in our industry and mm-hmm. mentioned a few names and mm-hmm. it's just not... Like a lot of that chat goes over people's heads if they're not yeah. having to use it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I mean, most... Yeah, I guess what was some... In, say for a big business like Invado when you worked there, what were you... what? It was pretty, like, not a crazy, not crazy amount. Like it was um, Slack. 
Yeah. That's just like a, a messaging thing. But there wasn't any, any sort of really crazy project management style stuff. Yeah. Um, a bit of Trello in regards to like having boards around content. Yeah. That's, that's probably the, the only thing. But email, like we have never as a business, I've spoken about email a lot. We've never gotten to a point of like we don't send internal emails. Yeah, we're we're slacking. I mean, but like it, none at all. Like, do you so want to be instance, sending internal no, so emails? Like, norm, like think about when you work oh, at you like a radio said, station. You would get <laughs> you know these. When an, you know when an internal email comes when mm-hmm. someone said, "Can you just put that in email?" Because you just yeah. want a paper trail of it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, but think about it. Like when you work for bigger businesses, you have so many. Like there were ma- massive blow-ups at like my last job where people would like do big reply alls. I remember one yeah, reply yeah. all where someone said, "Hey, I'm putting together this PowerPoint. I just want photos of everyone's pets from the office." Yeah, yep. and everyone was replying all the photos of their dogs and cats, <laughs> and then someone's just like, "This has got to stop." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just- well, I mean, the other side of that is. Um- the, where in, where a conversation in person mm-hmm. could have gone down much better than a passive email. So, when I worked at KISS, mm-hmm. do you remember the story where I wrote an article? Oh, yeah, that's it was right. yeah, yeah. about a video that I'd created and I mm-hmm. took the job at KISS and one of the provisos was, I can sort of be a contributing content creator. They couldn't mm-hmm. hire me as someone who just created content. You were you, you were hired as a digital content producer, but they're like, hey, this is sort of moving into this new direction where it's a bit of hybrid, like what Christian yeah. Hull did really well, which is yeah. putting yourself out there in the content, yeah. not just talent. Which I think they should. I mean, it's I mean, radio industries is yeah probably a bit mm-hmm. uh, not worth going down there. But I always thought that they should be sort of looking for uh hiring content creators as brands so they build up a sort of stable but it's not their model they're in the radio business i guess um and internet's irrelevant really for them (laughs) no but anyway i so i put this video i put this article out on the website and it was about a it was about amy and i going through my old stripping box of Mm -hmm. uh you know toys and so it was like my you know my, my outfits some photos from when i was stripping Anyway, I did this article and this guy who was, I don't know what he was, head of something, uh, wrote me this passive email. Fuck, I wish I kept all my emails like you do. And it was just slamming me on a group email. And Saying what? Just like, this is unacceptable to be posting a personal article on our website. Like just, I get how he saw it like that. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's this type of content, right? And so, I mean, this he he was twenty meters away from me. Mm-hmm. That was the problem where he could have come up and asked mm-hmm. me a few more questions. Because the best thing is, there's nothing like a victory over email when you're in a chain. I went around and spoke to him, and I was hot. I did. Mm-hmm. I was. I was hot. But you know, when you go like, yeah, just curious, but you're yeah. fucking fuming. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, your heart rate's just going. Fucking, yeah, I've been just wondering about this fucking email that you've just sent. <laughs> yeah, you're gasping. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had the footage. And then, um, and <laughs> anyway, I got back and I. What did he say? So you you said, mate. What's oh with the no, but email? he's he's very like you know at that point you've gone from the sort of hero and email to like yeah no look no it's um yeah look I don't think it's right like just sort of. <laughs> 
match, probably matching how I was, just a bit weird. <laughs> and then the best thing was uh, the big, big boss, mm-hmm. uh, DB from the, you know, ARN, uh-huh. emailed back and said, mate, it's all good. Leave it up. Good work, Tommy, or something like that. And I was just like fucking moonwalking around the room, <laughs> just like, you're a fuckhead. <laughs> and it got left up. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, this, the, the, slack, uh, the slack attacks we used to have at uh, my last job where, yeah, reply um, at channels would be frowned upon. Yeah, a, yeah. Lot of, a lot of blow-ups there. But the, the, oh, thing yeah. with, the thing with slack is if you're a remote team... I don't know if this is across the board with other businesses, but they would like there was a time at Invato where they were discouraging in-person conversations, like water cooler convos, and they were oh, saying yeah. have them. This was just this wasn't like top-down type of thing. I think this was just someone sort of trying to spearhead it within the business. It's like any convo should be happening on Slack, and their reasoning was if you have a remote team. If you have 50% of your team that aren't in the office, if you're having a conversation, like when you have a conversation in the office, people overhear it and you can sort of interject or you can add your two cents. If you're remote, you don't get to do that. And so their point was the water cooler office banter, that sort of thing should happen on Slack so that it feels sort of more equal. Um, What what does water cooler banter on slack look like what what would you what would a conversation if we we're just to build out mm-hmm. a scenario now well there's a lot of like so there's two things there's the business side of stuff so like the the obvious the obvious thing which is just like hey i've got this i've been thinking about this idea yeah but then yeah. there's the other one where it's like there were so many when when businesses first get slack for people who don't know slack is like a instant messaging tool uh, where you have all the, all of um, your employees on it, you can write and things like that. Facebook have a product. Microsoft has a product um, that's similar. But um, you can create a channel, and a channel is like a, a focus. So it's like a group. This is what we're going to talk about in this specific Slack channel. And when Envato specifically first got Slack, there was a channel for everything. Like if you liked Pokemon, there was a channel, there was a channel. for, And so it just becomes this outrageous cesspool of channels that no, a cesspool is probably not the right word, a lot of channels that no one's actually engaging in. But yes, to your point, I think the water cooler stuff is it's like, um, you know, like they would do spot, there was uh, one channel which was around um, music curation. And so you'd set up a... Um, shared Spotify playlist and every week yeah. it was someone's turn to curate five songs that they would add and they oh, would yeah, slack yeah. and say why they added them. I wonder if there's any scenarios, maybe you've experienced this, where you kind of have banter with somebody through a online platform within mm-hmm. your business, but then you meet them. And so in person, there's all the insecurities that one may have or like sure. just a bit shy but online you might be you know it's like the catfish it's like <laughs> yeah. don't think that's going to happen heaps though think about all the like the connections yeah. that we all you're, have you're, at the moment and it's all it's all based on it's going to feel very weird like being in the same room I know but then that's yeah there has that's to be life. a blend yeah that, that is life but there has to be a blend of being able to Experience both. Like I even remember going back into the studio mm-hmm. um, where last time where it's like it felt odd to look at you as a human 
mm-hmm. from the other side of the room. Yeah. Like that's just, and that's not. We've done so many shows so close together, but it just felt weird, right? It's like mm-hmm. there's a difference between having someone on a screen and the eye contact that you may or may not have. Yeah. Like I can look at your eyes now, but I don't feel like I do when I'm looking at you well, in real nice. life in no, the eyes. No, it's very you know romantic. like. <laughs> it's, it, no, but don't you reckon it's yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. I I you're just a two-dimensional square right now. Yeah, and sometimes I even do shit like pull up a thing in front of your face. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if I'm looking, like sometimes I leave. Isn't Which that you'd a funny never thing? do right? Like in a meeting. Just put like a piece of a white paper in front of your face. Yeah, yeah, just reading something, <laughs> just holding it up, just just having a bit yeah. of a just yeah, know, just, yeah, just working out the um. No, but the, I remember. Are you a guy that uh, has an issue with laptops in meetings? Um, I pro- I I probably haven't had enough meetings to be annoyed about it, but I definitely mm-hmm. have um felt the effect of what it what it's like when it mm-hmm. when. You've got a room, for, say there's five people in a meeting and everyone's engaged in their computer. I was listening to um, this guy talk about even just having, say, you and I in the studio. Mm-hmm. If the guest, say if we have a guest who's opposite to us and then there's a screen behind us and so the guest watches that screen and then we're watching a screen, Mason's bringing up something, mm-hmm. you know, you shitting yourself and then we're watching that but when we're, so we're crossing our gaze. There's a difference in having one screen that the that both sides look to, because mm-hmm. there's something in say you're looking at the screen, the, the same personal, screen as me, the, the and then you look back at them to say, ah, oh, look at that, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so there's a connection being built uh, that you don't what even is this feel. From? Where'd you hear this? It was Does just Joe Rogan. Uh, do like have, he has the one screen? Is that the that theory? was it, dude? That yeah. was the that was the example that mm. looking that his new studio has. To uh, oh no, he said his new studio has one screen, mm-hmm. so they can both be looking. And then you're like, you know, you look back, like, mate, how good is that? Like yeah, you're yeah. nudging your buddy, and th- those little micro moments are actually building rapport, and you know, setting a nice confounds for a conversation in a room. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you're kind of like, this is you're limited because you've got so much stimulus, and there's and as much as we're trying to communicate, there is still. Um, things, those elements that aren't a part of it. You're a big uh, Joe Rogan fan. Have you been yeah. keeping up with all of the stuff that's happening with Spotify? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's all like if you have you watched any of the takes on it. Or what uh, it? Nah. So I read there wasn't there was an article that said I just copied and pasted some of this. A group of Spotify staffers are now reportedly pushing to introduce direct editing oversight over the Joe Rogan experience before the episode goes live. That includes content flags, trigger warnings, references to fact-checked information, or simply refusing to publish an episode at all. Yeah. So, the same Vice first reported that Spotify employees had conducted more than 10 meetings to discuss possible changes. Those discussions included proposals for the outright removal of additional podcast episodes. I mean, yeah, what, what's your take, first of all? They, they won't do it. He's making too much money. Like, he's signed the deal. And so, I've heard But what that about if you've got a bunch of employees? Like, so, employees within a business can be very powerful. So, you know, if you've got a noisy group that are all talking about it and if Spotify is saying, you know, we're a woke business, we're um, 
doing all of these things, if they are what they say they Spotify say they are, don't you think that potentially they could lean to to some sort of version of what what's being described? Oh, I can imagine that the pressures of a bunch of staff coming mm-hmm. and saying this is how we feel and yeah, you could imagine how it is, but I just don't feel like the investment that they've made with someone like Joe Rogan that they're going to you know, like so what do you uh, think it they- could look like? So for instance, their um Joe went on Instagram and did an apology about the Portland fire stuff that he mentioned. Did you see this? No. What did he say? So, he was saying that, if I, like paraphrasing, not knowing too much about it, but he, was, he said that there was some sort of um, uh, group like uh, that were setting fires in Portland or whatever. I think they were like left-leaning yeah. or whatever, but it turns out to be it was fake news and he mentioned it uh, on yeah. his podcast and he's actually – on Instagram, he does a video apology on Instagram about it and says, you know, it mm. won't happen again. And I just thought yeah. it was interesting seeing someone like Joe Rogan do an apology like that. I think he's very good. At, like, he did a very good apology. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's quite genuine. I think, I mean, these people, uh, free speech is great, mm-hmm. but also if it's not true, you have to, you know, be able to say it's not. And so... Yeah, I could imagine it moving towards those trigger warnings and things like that. What about the grey area on all these things? So, so much of like, so from a business perspective, there like there's um like there's an area which is like belief systems. And so, how do you yeah. think a company determines what their belief system is? Well, usually it's top down, but but it's mm-hmm. becoming very societal driven. Yeah. It's like uh, culture. If you have progressive people within your business, it's going to be progressive mm-hmm. because your people make up the company. It's not just the name. And so... And so, would you say, like, I guess there's two different angles. In one way, Joe Rogan provides the light and shade and he's mm. the paradox or the um, the contrast or the like the... The difference of Joe in the sense of his him sort of flipping but or oscillating between right leaning ideas and left leaning ideas, like all of these types yeah. of things, I feel like can be a bit confusing when you know when you're trying to put a lens on it because you don't know where he fits. Mm. He's not like an Alex Jones, Who's where it's right, like okay, yeah. right leaning. It's not like it's he plays in this area where I think he he's actually going to create more friction within mm. within Spotify? Well, uh, yeah, definitely. 100% I agree. Mm-hmm. And then the, the 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 problem of his approach, which I think it's a great approach, but the, mm-hmm. the problem with it is people over the side of left or right won't listen to the full conversation because they're seeing the problem at hand or the... the well, you can the see the damage that forward. it can do, right? So, like one piece of misinformation, you could, especially if you're at the level of Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan could change an election. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, like that's like I really believe that yeah, to be true. It's, it's, I mean, it's crazy. Imagine, without getting into it, the political side, but like mm-hmm. how he'd be feeling about this pressure now. Working, like you take a Spotify deal, mm-hmm. and you think that it's just like it's a licensing deal, but did you think about their employees coming out and saying they don't like the content that's on the show mm-hmm. and the network's just signed a $300 million deal? <laughs> like, 
yeah. What a fucking, what a clusterfuck. Yeah. I mean, what a clusterfuck. The, the Spotify CEO, Daniel Alcos, just ring, uh, appears to be pushing back from a business standpoint. Yeah. The reason is fairly obvious. Rogan's audience likes his direct, unedited style and could quickly abandon the comedian podcaster if he's edited. I mean, that's a thing, is it's like Definitely. Mm. just because you're an employee of Spotify doesn't mean that it's for you. Isn't that well, like yeah. isn't there about like maybe a better strategy is bringing more people on the platform that reflect yeah. your perspective or views yeah. rather than trying to edit someone else's. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like 150 employees came forward f- at the um, the book publisher mm-hmm. of um, Harry Potter. What, what's her name? J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. She's uh-huh. releasing a new book and 150 people at the publishing house that's doing this book came forward and said that we don't believe, you know, like we don't want this book published. We feel, mm-hmm. you know, unheard and it's, you know, this whatever she, she was in the media about. Um, not uh, just transphobic stuff or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was like um, her, her po- she was saying something around trans rights are bleeding into mm-hmm. women's rights, and mm-hmm. and that sort of blew up, right? Mm-hmm. And the, then the CEO of that business decided to publish it, so mm-hmm. went against the 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 noise that was coming from those 150 employees. So it's, I mean, this is where people can be noisy. I don't think there's anything wrong with the noise happening and then the decision being made from top down. And but it's like still creating a conversation around it if that's what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like systems in general. Like I think about the um, people having issues with Amazon and how they treat the labor force. But if you look at it broadly speaking, Amazon pays workers within a warehouse context more than you know their counterparts. Like if you look at mm. um, you know other retail giants in the US. Yeah. They're um, they're just as guilty, if not more guilty, in regards to underpaying staff. And so yeah. it is this, it is a, it is a, a weird area. I wonder where it will land with um, with especially around content. Like, how do you mm. create? Like, can you have um, a, a diverse range of voices on a single network, or or even a platform? So, for instance, Spotify. Apple, all of these companies going in and creating content, what's that going to do to culture? Like Tim Cook famously was like quoted around um, the Apple TV plus content and they they pushed back on all these sex scenes and really sort of um, filtered the types of content that they were putting up. And so I do wonder, like I see the power in independence. I see the power in having yeah, different options. And I do worry but about, then, like I think- But then Joe Rogan was the biggest independent podcaster in the world ever. Mm-hmm. And then he chooses, you could say he's still independent, but no, he's not because he's, he's getting the paycheck like, from- Yeah. But I mean, this is a thing, like wh- when does something become no longer independent? Yeah. I think that one thing that most people aren't considering enough- is the power that companies like Spotify will have over podcasting if we just hand it to them over in a like on a platter? And so at the moment we're like, Spotify is great, great for podcasting. Listen, but like pod, podcasts started as a democratized tool to communicate, and so mm. it from a technical perspective, 
it's an RSS feed that you subscribe to and it's got audio connected to it. And it's like the beauty is if you look at something like The Social Dilemma, which has algorithm, you know, the Facebook, Instagram, all these different social networks have algorithms and it's changing the way that we are consuming content. Spotify is going, going to do this exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that we need to be very careful in regards to how these bigger players play in the podcasting space because even if it's not – so using the Joe Rogan example, even if they don't edit – if they then decide that the Joe, Joe Rogan's content isn't safe mm, mm. and then says, okay, so it's not as safe, so we're not going, going to push it through to our algorithms, it's the same fucking problem. Yeah, and so I think that there's there would definitely be a push for an independent solution to podcasting where it's just like right now, if you're listening to the to the podcast – on a podcast feed, like you see everything, right? You get a you get a, a feed that isn't being impacted by algorithms. It's exactly as it happens. And that's what I think needs to stay with podcasting. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. Anyway, yeah. um, we've just signed a $300 million deal with Spotify. So, <laughs> yeah, um, we'll be... Um, <laughs> We'll be, we'll be uh, we'll behave, I think it was only 100 mil for Joe Oh, Reagan. yeah, 100 mil. There's the, he could, he is sort of set to make at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might pull out. Imagine if he just did a year deal and then just pulls it all off. Yeah. I, I think did, the I other do like, thing too is like, do we, people buy into the rah-rah of all of that sort of stuff and you see it so much where it's like playing into what's happening. I think it's good for elevating the industry so there'll be more yes. money around across the board. But I think that if we, um, it's like Uber. So when Uber first came, uh, you know, to Australia or, you know, started, it was this exciting thing that was finally disrupting taxis and the bullshit system and all that sort of thing. And so if you look at it from Spotify perspective, it's like finally somewhere where you can get all the things and it's easy and it's like, and they're looking after creators and they're you know they're they're putting money into this stuff and they're promoting it but then think about what happened with Uber is all of a sudden they start paying their drivers a little bit less a little bit less and all of a sudden all these other things yeah. start changing and um, the thing that people forget is it's like with Uber specifically it's like guys you can't be surprised for one that this is happening because they're a business yeah. but then two I wouldn't be worrying about the fact of like how much they're paying their drivers. Look at their 10-year, 20-year plan. Like drivers aren't even in the equation. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that if you look at that example, think about how we perceived Uber at the start or Facebook or all of these things. Yeah, yeah. The exact same thing is going to happen with Spotify. <laughs> you hand over your catalogue to Spotify and in five years – you're no longer hosting it because they've worked out how to take all of your episodes and create compelling content. Yeah, well, well like so think, think about it. So if you're a, if you're if you're a music artist and you're on Spotify, you get paid, right? We don't see a cent from uh, Spotify when it comes to podcasts. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, podcasts it is for are very very cheap for Spotify. It's not costing anything to have them there, and so just as yeah. creators, and- I don't know what the solution is. I think it's like building something independently. Yeah. We're doing a bunch of exciting stuff from a tech end, which we'll talk, start talking about in October. But it's a 
it's something to be wary of. But if you do have Spotify or, you know, Apple Podcasts, uh, Too Much Tully has just dropped a new episode every Tuesday. This one's great. Jess and Tully sort of get into the weeds together and they're chatting about all different stuff. Jess is shining. She's killing it. Tully's killing it. Go have a listen. Too Much Tully. Right, right. It's a daily talk show. See you tomorrow, guys. Have a good one. Love you.